Biathlon is a unique Olympic event. It challenges participants with opposing athletic endeavors in a singular competition. It combines the heart-pumping aerobic aspects of cross-country skiing matched with the intense focus of precision marksmanship. Two diametrically opposing forces testing every ounce of physical and mental strength of athletes. Welcome to Heartbeat, the U.S. Biathlon podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. With each episode, Heartbeat brings you insights into this fascinating sport. And a big thanks to Heartbeat sponsor Paul Smith's College, the official higher education partner of U.S. Biathlon. This week, the biggest international multi-sport event in decades opens in the Olympic Village of Lake Placid. The International University Sports Federation's World University Games will bring nearly 1,500 athletes from almost 50 nations to the Adirondacks for a full range of events, including a full biathlon schedule. Lake Placid has become an international scene this week on the eve of the Games, offering the same charm it did at the Olympics in 1980, but with renovated venues, including a brand new biathlon range and trail facilities at Mount Van Hoevenberg. To learn more, Heartbeat caught up with FISU Deputy Secretary General Sarah Lewis live in Lake Placid. Lewis's name is familiar to many in sport as the longtime Secretary General of the International Ski Federation. In her new role, she will oversee the long-standing university sports organization's events and operations worldwide. It's an insightful look into the World University Games in Lake Placid from one of the most respected leaders in sport. Let's head to Lake Placid now for our conversation with Sarah Lewis on Heartbeat. And today on Heartbeat, we are going to the Olympic Village of Lake Placid, New York. We are recording this podcast on the eve of the start of the Winter World University Games. And with us, the Deputy Secretary General of the International University Sports Federation, Sarah Lewis. And Sarah, thanks for taking a few minutes to join us live from Lake Placid. My pleasure. I'm thrilled to be here in Lake Placid. We've got beautiful winter conditions and uh, everyone's very, very excited with kickoff tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more about your background, Sarah, but I know that uh, growing up as an athlete and eventually working in sport, you have made your way to Lake Placid a few times in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I've got uh, warm memories from here. I competed myself in uh, NORAM Continental Cup alpine skiing competitions back in the mid-80s. And uh, I was then the head of delegation, the alpine director, when Lake Placid hosted the alpine skiing uh, junior world championships back in 1994. Well, it's an interesting place. Uh, we were talking a little bit offline. I worked the 1980 Games, the Olympics. I was the assistant uh, press chief for cross-country and a stadium announcer. Some great cross-country races there. Uh, I remember one in particular, Thomas Vosberg of Sweden and Juha Mieto of uh, Finland battling it out. And uh, it came down to uh, less than, I think, a tenth or two of a second to decide that race. But a great venue. And what is the atmosphere like? You arrived a few days ago the we're recording this literally the day before the opening ceremony what is the vibe like in the adirondack village of lake placid today well you can feel that everybody here is uh, involved with the fizu world university games and and everyone feels as though they they belong to the event and it's a very inclusive event it really involves the entire community it's using all of the local facilities and, and um, yeah, there's something for everybody because it's not only 
sport events for the very best student athletes in the world. Uh, but it's also a huge festival of sport. And it's a, a festival celebrating student athletes and uh, together with the community. And, and you have that feeling here. Cool. It is great to see a big event like that come back to Lake Placid. We're going to talk in more detail about the event itself, but let's start out, Sarah, and give the listeners a little sense of your background in sports, starting from your days as an athlete up to your sport leadership role at the International Ski Federation. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I was uh, an alpine skiing athlete, as you pointed out, uh, basically because it wasn't possible to uh, to be a footballer when I was a, a kid. By the time it came to being uh, an obligation to do only a girl sport. So uh, alpine skier it was, and uh, I was fortunate enough to make my way up the rankings, and I participated at the 1988 Olympic Winter Games, which were also in North America in, in Calgary. After the end of my uh, my own sporting career, I worked within the sports industry and the sports media before getting involved in sports administration, first of all, for the, the national governing body for, for skiing in the UK, and then moving uh, in 1994 to the International Federation, where you and I first met uh, and uh, have been uh, well connected ever since, I would like to say. And uh, I worked uh, initially for the first four and a half years in a technical function, responsible for alpine skiing Continental Cup series in uh, in the US and Canada. It's known as the NORAM series. And that's really the, the springboard to qualify athletes through to the World Cup series. And there are five of them around the world. And basically, it was a brand new position. And I was tasked with creating a pathway from the Continental Cup level through up to the World Cup. And it's in fact still in place to this day. So uh, clearly pretty successful. And then I was promoted to become the director and then secretary general in 1998 and 2000 respectively, where I, I stayed until uh, 2020 in October uh, when um, we parted ways. And uh, after running a, uh, a campaign to to become president of FIS, where I ended up uh, third, so there's there's on the podium, but there's no prizes for that one. I then worked for the Chinese Winter Sports Association, helping them and supporting them uh, as the senior strategic advisor for the Olympic Winter Games in in Beijing last winter, which was a, a really thrilling and exciting experience and a a huge adventure. So since then, I've uh, been doing a lot of projects, contributing back to sport, involved in, in sports governance and areas that, that are important to me in terms of increasing um, gender balance, encouraging women uh, to take on leadership positions, sustainability and uh, safeguarding well-being for athletes, uh, but also uh, technology, startups, innovations, and getting uh, involved across, across many areas. Before um, joining FISU and uh, going through the process there for this extremely exciting and, and interesting position. I am absolutely taken aback with uh, the important role that uh, student sports, uh, International University Sports Federation play in the whole ecosystem for sport and, and for students. 
I'm going to come back to the FISU uh, programs that you're involved with in just a minute, but I want to just explore, if we could, the role of sport federations. I think oftentimes athletes, coaches uh, know the federations are there, but may not completely understand all that they do. But it really is a vital role from things like rulemaking, enforcement, anti-doping, and so forth. But talk a little bit about the importance of this infrastructure that exists behind all sports. Well, basically... The International Federation serves a key role to ensure that you've got uh, rules that apply all over the world. And uh, wherever you're participating in your competition, if it's carried out under that International Federation's rules, then it means it'll be the same wherever it takes place. And uh, bringing together athletes and uh, organising events to uh, interact internationally and that's really the main function of the international federation uh, to govern the sport to have standards and uh, to make sure that really the uh, the sport is um, carried out in in such a way so that it can develop and evolve and uh, provide an important place in in society for that particular sport really it's a, a place where the different national associations, national governing bodies uh, can connect and uh, support each other, but also compete against each other in a friendly in a friendly way to be able to promote uh, the sport. Because only competing against your, your fellow countrymen all the time wouldn't really be so interesting. But to have the chance to do that on the international stage is uh, uh, really very, very exciting. In order to be successful at that, Sarah, it's really necessary for someone like you and others involved in sport to build a global network of colleagues, to build a global network of friends. With that comes amazing relationships. And I know that in your tenure, you forged some great relationships literally all over our planet. How important that is that in success of an international sports endeavor? It's absolutely crucial. Uh, it really is. It's what it's all about. Sport is about uh, bringing people together. I've got a lovely example here. I'd literally just arrived in Lake Placid. I'd never met uh, anyone from the uh, French delegation. And when we discovered uh, within less than one minute of meeting that we shared a common passion uh, for football, uh, for the um, former manager of uh, uh, Arsenal Football Club, Arsene Wenger, who played for the French university football team, suddenly we were immediately friends. We were immediately on an informal basis and we connected and, and we just all uh, could immediately communicate. And that's something that sport can do. It brings the entire world together. And, and it doesn't matter what your background is, where you come from, uh, what you've done before, uh, but uh, you, you're immediately aligned. And uh, this is very, very special. And uh, culture does that too, and, and arts. Uh, but um, sport is uh, all about bringing people together. Yeah, it really is a special, a special thing. We're going to move on now and talk about your new role. You are very new to this role, something you've actually just begun this month at the uh, International University Sports Federation. Tell us a little bit about FISU. And I think, uh, uh, it, it, at least in America, there's not a broad enough understanding of what FISU is and the importance that it really holds in the world of sport globally. Breaking news, Tom, is I think that that's going to change in a big way because uh, last night, uh, North Carolina 
successfully won the bid unanimously to host the FISU World University Games Summer Edition for 2029. So we had a, a wonderful evening celebrating uh, this very important event, uh, North Carolina being such a huge university state. It'll be very different characteristically to here in Lake Placid, but Lake Placid will provide a wonderful springboard and, and uh, well, everybody in, in North Carolina was involved from the governor uh, through to the secretary of state, uh, the mayor uh, and uh, various other politicians and leaders from the university community there. So I think things will change in North America. That's the, um, as it's uh, known in, in French, the, the abbreviation FISU is for Fédération Internationale Sport Universitaire, which is the International uh, University Sports Federation. And it basically it encompasses all students. So they may also be at technical colleges or uh, um, higher education and not necessarily only uh, universities. And, and uh, in the US, of course, you have the NCAAs, you have the collegiate world. And uh, we see that as we build up towards 2029, merging in an important way so that uh, uh, that will then appeal to the broader understanding of the US public because university sport, collegiate sport, is so important in the US. And in some cases, it's more important and, and there's more of an affinity uh, from, um, from everybody than for the, the professional sports. FISU has 164 member uh, federations, so that's a lot of countries all uh, all over the world on five continents. And uh, depending on the sport, it depends on which nations are participating. So here in Lake Placid, there are, uh, are less nations, but still representation from five continents. Uh, whereas for the Summer Games, there is a more global uh, uh, representation the summer games having seven and a half thousand athletes so they're they're huge and really i think one of the extremely important roles that fizu plays is the fact that the number of athletes who really can make elite sport their professional career and make a living from it is very small it really is and therefore having a dual career is absolutely crucial Consequently, FISU is providing that opportunity and uh, there is a very strong program uh, for uh, dual career activities in order really to be able to focus on both. And uh, there are a lot of uh, champion athletes who've participated in the Olympic Games and, and had big university careers and big uh, sporting careers. Having started off, their first major event was in the um, the FISU, uh, previously known the Universiada, and now the World University Games. Uh, and this... Um, uh, is, a, is a great stepping stone for, for many athletes in, in terms of their career. Now, FISU doesn't only have the elite events every two years that is a, the, the largest multi-sport event on the planet for students, but it also runs programs that are implemented in, in universities all across the world for effectively recreational sport called Healthy Campus. And Healthy Campus is uh, uh, really a program designed for all students that they need to involve uh, and have the opportunity when they first leave home to uh, learn good habits. Uh, and uh, by doing so, this is going to 
be with them for the rest of their lives. And the healthy campus helps to educate and to uh, uh, to show them what they are and put them on the right pathway. I mean, uh, you know, students will be students, but when they can understand that these are our values in terms of taking care of themselves, uh, their personal welfare, uh, eating well, uh, taking care of the planet, uh, and um, really be interested in, in sustainability activities. And, and these are the things that are important to young people these days. And uh, there's a program there to be able to, uh, to support and, and educate them more on that. Sarah, because our paradigm in this country really is the NCAA and the various conferences and leagues we have around the country, how does FISU work with athletes and teams uh, in America? Currently, the um, USOPC, the um, Olympic and Paralympic uh, uh, Federation has now uh, also got involved with the organization there and, and they're very much part of centralizing uh, activities and until now the there have been um, uh, activities also together with a commercial company but um, the uh, National uh, University Sports Federation in, in America is now playing a very important role here with Lake Placid the first time that um, the World University Games, the University Ardor, as it then was, was carried out in Buffalo in 1993 and prior to that in Lake Placid in 1972. So uh, it's it's time now for the U.S. to uh, to come back in an important way, and, and they obviously see that. And with um, both here, Lake Placid, and uh, then moving on to North Carolina in 2029, there's now a, a really super pathway to be able to build those collect connections and those relations to the NCAA because they play an important role in and around North Carolina. And we've seen that with the uh, uh, the political and the sporting influences that uh, they have in North Carolina, that that really has um, got a huge potential to move forwards uh, very quickly, actually. One of the other aspects that I find attractive to FISU is we're at the World University Games and there's a number of disciplines in which uh, uh, medals are being contested that are not traditional collegiate sports in America. Biathlon is actually one of those. So it's an opportunity for other sports to get some experience competing collegiate athlete to collegiate athlete. Yeah, uh, in, ah, indeed. So that's interesting to know that um, when they're not competing, so in your collegial, uh, collegiate uh, championships, that this event is going to give them that opportunity. And well, biathlon is actually one of the so-called compulsory sports on the FISU uh, World University Games, which means that they can participate in that and, and will be participating in that, that uh, at every edition of the Games, whereas some of the sports are uh, what's called an optional sport. There are up to three that are then uh, nominated by the organising committees because they're important uh, for that uh, for that country. And, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, having biathlon on the programme in a fantastic venue at Mount von um, uh, Hoffenberg, they that's been completely renovated to to world class levels. The biathletes are going to love it here. They really are. Cool. We're with Sarah Lewis, the Secretary General of the International University Sports Federation. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about the World University Games coming up in Lake Placid. We'll be right back with Sarah Lewis to explore more about the World University Games in Lake Placid. 
As the official higher education partner of U.S. Biathlon, Paul Smith's College takes pride in the programs it has established to offer athletes a college education and sports-specific training, all nestled in New York's Adirondacks. From an outstanding trail network to its eight-point biathlon range, Paul Smith's College is a great environment for athletes who want a small college located in a sports-centric region. Paul Smith's College is also playing a major role in this month's World University Games as the Athlete Village for Biathlon and Nordic Athletes. To learn more, go to paulsmithsbobcats.com. That's paulsmithsbobcats.com. Now let's get back to Heartbeat to learn more about the World University Games. And we're back here on Heartbeat today talking to Sarah Lewis, the Deputy Secretary General of the International University Sports Federation. And we are on the eve of the Winter World University Games in Lake Placid. As we talked about in the open, Sarah, the excitement is building as we record this. We're one day from the opening ceremony. Just tell us again, it's a great vibe there in Lake Placid, isn't it? It certainly is. And we've got absolutely picture-perfect conditions here in Lake Placid, Uh, new snow, winter temperatures, uh, and uh, everyone is so excited. You you see more and more volunteers picking up their uniforms, and uh, they uh, uh, are just so friendly and so welcoming to everybody who's here and thrilled to have an international event in town. How important is it for FISU to be in a place like Lake Placid, where there is this great Olympic heritage, the 1932 Games, the 1980 Games, and it still resonates across the whole village? Well, the fact is that uh, creating a a new legacy for the future for Lake Placid is very important, because the uh, since the 1980 Games, there haven't been any other major multi-sport events that are taking place here. So uh, the fact is now that the facilities, they really needed uh, to be renovated and they they needed uh, not just for elite sports, but for the entire community to be able to, uh, to benefit from them. And uh, this is what the FISU World University Games have uh, enabled and they've facilitated. Now, when the Games were held here for the first time, the Winter Games in uh, 1972, uh, at that stage, uh, that was really the catalyst for then the bid for the 1980 uh, Olympic Games. So uh, after the success of, of the uh, World University Games back then, then uh, Lake Placid went on and created its own Olympic history for the second time and so it's it's wonderful to come back to the same places and and to see that Lake Placid is um, more than capable of staging this major event which has obviously grown uh, exponentially since 1972. You you talk about the renovation to the venues. A lot of people might think, well, these venues are being fixed up for an 11 or 12 days of a games, but it really is not the case. This is, this is something to really reinvigorate the next generation, uh, new renovations at the ski jump. And particularly for those of us in biathlon, uh, the new biathlon range, the improvements to the cross country trails at Mount Van Hoovenberg. So this really is going to set up the next generation of athletes in Lake Placid. Well, not only athletes, when it comes to sports like cross-country skiing, uh, alpine skiing, snowboarding, and uh, even um, free ski and freestyle and and some of these events, uh, this is not only for uh, elite athletes and even even youngsters. Uh, This is about everybody in the entire community being able to come here. Um, but also offering world-class facilities, and the same with the ice sports as well. Uh, ice sports, um, hockey, but uh, also 
uh, skating and skating just for fun and, and for for own health and things. And when the games, the Olympic Games, were carried out in 1980, yes, the facilities were built then for two weeks of an international sports event, whereas now they've been built now for the whole next generation or generations to come uh, in order to be able to benefit from the sport with a, a real proper legacy plan in place. Let's talk about the event itself. I know you are new to your role, just having started it this month, but uh, give me a little bit of an overview. How many athletes, how many nations are expected all told in Lake Placid? Well, even though I'm new to my role, Tom, I've uh, been very familiar with uh, the World University Games and FISU uh, since uh, 20 years uh, because when they interact with the international federations, I would uh, immediately um, respond to them. And even though I never attended the Games before because they take place at the same time as other winter sports uh, competitions that uh, I was obliged to attend at that time, uh, nevertheless, I've... Uh, always had a very close relationship with the organization and uh, seen how professionally they they did things and seen how enthusiastic actually the the technical officials were uh, to come and attend FISU games and FISU championships and support them. So uh, from that perspective, and and here in Lake Placid, uh, there are uh, 46 nations who are expected uh, with uh, 1,443 athletes from 600 educational establishments from universities and uh, representing uh, really all five continents, uh, as I mentioned before. And uh, there are 12 venues. There are 85 medals that will be awarded. Uh, That is a major event. What are the eligibility requirements for athletes to take place uh, relative to their current uh, registration in college? Right. Well, the athletes uh, have to qualify technically in terms of being registered with the International Federation and uh, their age between 17 and 25. These are uh, the, effectively the, uh, the, the main criteria for them to be able to, uh, to participate. So uh, it's a fairly narrow age band, but it's an absolutely appropriate, appropriate one. And um, in this way, you can have very comparable, uh, comparable athletes who are participating, and yeah, they'll share a common bond uh, in in that respect too. So that's the eligibility requirement, and that's all checked thoroughly on on arrival. We've got about seventy five percent of the teams who've arrived just now, with most coming in uh, today, and then um, before the opening ceremony tomorrow when things kick off. Well, U.S. Biathlon has named a relatively large biathlon team to compete in Lake Placid. Also, one other thing that's that's interesting for us at U.S. Biathlon is uh, our higher education partner, Paul Smith's College, which is located just about a 20 to 30 minute drive from Lake Placid, is actually being used as an athlete village for the event with over 600 athletes staying there. I think mostly Nordic athletes. Yes, I mean, the biathlon team will be there. Uh, Cross-country skiing, Nordic combined, ski jumping and curling. They're all staying there and they're absolutely thrilled. The facilities are outstanding. They've got uh, not only great um, uh, facilities outside, but they've got great indoor sports facilities, polyclinic, everything they need. And and, uh, as you know, that the nutrition is so important uh, for the athletes and um, uh, having um, great facilities. So they're very well cared for there and, and uh, very appropriate 
facilities for athletes to be able to stay and uh, perform at their best. Sarah, what will your day-to-day role be throughout the uh, days of the championship over the next week or so? Well, I've got a a fantastic opportunity here at FISU, and uh, perhaps I uh, uh, should have explained a little bit earlier that my new position here as the Chief Operating Officer, the Deputy Secretary General, is uh, uh, in place for a two-year cycle in order that I uh, can become familiar with this two-year cycle that FISU has, which is every uneven year, there are the World University Games, winter, followed by summer in six months, we'll be in Chengdu, China. And then uh, we have, of course, statutory meetings, general assembly, executive committees. And then next year, in the even year, we have FISU World Championships, World University Championships, and World University Cups, which are basically individual sports or a couple of sports clusters like beach games and uh, combat sports. Uh, And in that particular case, I can uh, become familiar with how they all operate. And I'm shadowing the Secretary General, and and he'll be retiring in two years, at which uh, juncture then I'll be taking over his role. So uh, I've of course, got some own responsibilities in terms of uh, interacting with specific departments when it comes to, for example, communications and and media, hence our discussion today, Uh, but also um, with uh, operational matters working alongside the executive committee. And uh, extremely important to me is to meet all of the the member national university uh, sports federations who are here represented the organizing committees from future games as part of the observer program to uh, interact with the different uh, uh, senior leadership here in Lake Placid to uh, follow up on their roles and and their challenges and what they're doing. Uh, Then we have um, a potential candidate for future university, uh, World University Games, who will be here and I'll be working with them and uh, similarly with a couple of uh, potential partners. Uh, So it'll be very much getting to know how the system works and and operates and uh, meeting as many people as possible. And fortunately, uh, the world of sport is a small one and I already know a lot of people and certainly uh, we've all got many colleagues that we we do have in common. So, So, yes, as I said uh, earlier, the world of sport brings us together and I've got no doubt at all that we'll be able to uh, to do so very quickly. So it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity within um, uh, 12 days of beginning officially, uh, I'm able to participate in one of the most important activities of, of FISU and, and get to meet everybody within the whole ecosystem. Well, it's going to be a very exciting and productive uh, time in Lake Placid over the next 11 or 12 days. Uh, If you want to learn more, if you're listening in, uh, you can go to lakeplacid2023.com. You can get all of the information schedules and ticket information. If you want to learn more about the International University Sports Federation, you can go to fisu.net. That's F-I-S-U.net. We're going to wrap it up here with our on-target segment. Just a few closing questions for you, Sarah, to get you thinking a little bit. I want you go back in time and think about what's what's a favorite memory that you have as an athlete in your career as an alpine ski racer i would have to say walking out at the opening ceremony of the calgary 1988 olympic winter games that one that moment's pretty hard to beat i mean at the time i was absolutely overwhelmed and thrilled and proud and i didn't realize 
how life-changing it will be. And uh, so both at the time and in hindsight, uh, that really has been a very special memory. How about your favorite memory as a sport leader? You have several decades of experience. Do you have a favorite memory as a sport leader? That's a tricky one. I I actually think the best is yet to come. But to the ones I've experienced until now, I think that connecting with uh, with persons, with former athletes who were my heroes when I was growing up, uh, is was very very special. Ingemar Stenmark getting a prize from him as a young athlete and then uh, working alongside him uh, during the world championships in Sweden. Uh, Jean-Claude Killy, uh, a legend of, uh, of alpine skiing, and uh, similarly meeting him and working alongside him uh, at the IOC and with um, world championship skiing events. Uh, these are very special moments and um, uh, obviously, uh, incredible sporting accomplishments that I was able to uh, to witness and, and also help facilitate. And I think growing the program of events on the Olympic Winter Games for the International Ski Federation was uh, a very important uh, memory that I've taken with me. But finally, I would have to say that if I summarise things, it's all about the people. And it's the people who I've had the opportunity to meet and connect with and remain friends with uh, for um, more than 30 years in a lot of cases. Sarah, you're a big soccer fan. What, what is your favorite football club? My favorite football club is uh, the one uh, just around the corner from when I, where I grew up, and uh, we're called Arsenal. Uh, FC Arsenal, I think uh, you know us uh, in the U.S., and uh, the Gunners uh, Club from, from North London, wearing red. I'm sure you were glued to the television last month with the World Cup in Qatar. Any takeaways from that event? It was a fantastic atmosphere there. You know, the, the football was really a fantastic atmosphere. And, and uh, what a story. You know, the, the greatest, one of the greatest players who's ever played the game, Lionel Messi, then finally lifting the trophy uh, was something uh, extremely special. And personally, I have more of an alignment with, with my club than I do with the national team. So I just enjoy the World Cup as the spectacle that it is across all nations and enjoy watching uh, great football and uh, hoping that all of the players from my club come back uh, with a good experience and most of all coming back fit. Uh, so um, when most of them uh, uh, hadn't qualified, there was one who made it through to the final, then uh, of course it was all about um, uh, supporting that uh, Lionel Messi could be uh, really recognised for what he was. But uh, the, the World Cup was, was uh, super exciting. Yeah, it was wonderful to watch. Yeah, it really was a spectacle. Just a couple more questions. I know you've only been in Lake Placid for a few days, but any fun experience that you can relate yet from your time in Lake Placid? The fact that actually, since I was first here in 1985, I don't really think too much has changed. And the fact that Lake Placid has maintained this village characteristic is uh, extremely special. There are not too many other places in the world uh, who've uh, who've done that, but they've evolved the resort and nevertheless uh, kept this um, protected heritage uh, around the town. And, and people come here to retire because they become so attached to it. So you, you can sense that there's something very special, a special community here. People talk to each other and, and uh, there's uh, there's real friendships and it's a good place to be. And I'm sure we're going to have some fantastic stories to take home. 
Last question, and this is always a tough one. In just one word, describe the feeling of being at the Winter World University Games in one word. It's aspirational. Seeing uh, youngsters, seeing uh, young students competing uh, uh, and the friendship amongst each other, uh, this could be the only major event uh, that they ever have the opportunity to attend. And uh, you see this is the start of their life. This is something that can help uh, shape the rest of their life. And, And also for the community. The community now have got facilities. Uh, they have got uh, an infrastructure which is going to serve recreational uh, opportunities for the entire population, not only here in Lake Placid, but all across the area. And people will be talking about it for the next decades. And I'm sure we won't wait so long until we come back to Lake Placid as well. Aspirational it is. Sarah Lewis, thank you so much for joining us on Heartbeat. We wish you all the best in your career at FISU and also over the next 11 days at the World University Games in Lake Placid. Thank you so much, Tom. Enjoyed it very much. It was great to catch up with Sarah Lewis on Heartbeat. She is a well-respected sport leader. You can learn more about the World University Games at lakeplacid2032.com. And a big thanks to Paul Smith's College, the official higher education partner of U.S. Biathlon, for its support of the Heartbeat Podcast. Check out more at paulsmithsbobcats.com. And if you missed earlier episodes of the Heartbeat Podcast this year, check out the interview with Sport Development Director John Farah from last month as he talks about talent identification and expansion of the National Club Program. You can watch all the IBU World Cup action streaming live this year. Check out links at usbiathlon.org and on our social channels. Remember to subscribe to Heartbeat to get every episode delivered directly to you. And leave a review if you can. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, and thanks for listening to Heartbeat, the U.S. Biathlon podcast. Heartbeat.